You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Brian Hoke, our MLB.com Yankees reporter, talking about the Yankees here on the podcast. And we got to start with some talk about starting pitchers and who the Yankees could bring in. We'll also talk about the rookie career development program and Justice Sheffield a little later in the podcast. And we'll set up the lineup rotation and bullpen that the Yankees would be sending out to the field if the season started today. So we'll get into that as well. But first... Let's start about let's start with the starting pitchers and Garrett Cole was rumored on Wednesday to be headed to Houston. Deal was imminent, said some of the tweets. Turned out not to be quite so imminent. He is still available for trade and now we're hearing also uh, that the Yankees still very much involved with you Darvish. So you Darvish has said, well, it was originally tweeted, I guess, that there were five teams remaining in the you Darvish hunt and Darvish himself replied with the tweet that there was another team as well. So that brings it up to six, but either way, the Yankees are one of them, Brian. So it seems like they're very much involved in bringing in a very good pitcher still this off season. Yeah, they are. And they've made that a priority, but this is an example of why you got to be careful with social media. I think everybody put that at face value that Garrett Cole was heading to Houston and not so fast. But in Darvish's case, if he's going to come out there and say there's a six mystery team, I like his sources a lot better than anybody <laughs> else around the league. So I think uh, there's still a chance. I, I think the Yankees have remained on the periphery there with Darvish. Uh, there's clearly interest, uh, but the Yankees are also pretty adamant that they're going to get under $197 million and they're going to have to reset that luxury tax rate. So if they do add Darvish, uh, I would expect to see another move. Maybe you move a guy like a David Robertson and, and clear off some of that salary there. But uh, Brian Cashman does have room to add Darvish, uh, but he'll have to shuffle a little bit to keep it under 197. Can we just have all the players just jump on Twitter and react to rumors? I mean, wouldn't that make that would this be helpful. a lot easier? Yeah, yeah, I'm in favor of that completely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It would make us a lot more busy, though. I'm not sure if I could ever get to sleep. That's true, constantly uh, checking it out. So if you had to weigh the better chance of happening, Garrett Cole via trade or you Darvish via free agency, where would you say the uh, the best possibility lies? That's uh, tough. You know, I think that the Garrett Cole thing is real, realistic, and I think Pittsburgh obviously is holding out for the best offer they can get, and uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do a whole lot better than a package with Clint Frazier. That's a pretty appealing package if uh, if all the reports are correct, and uh, you know, the Yankees obviously have an outfield glut, so I think they could go get Garrett Cole right now if they wanted to. I think they've been obviously hesitant to include a guy like a Miguel Andujar. Uh, they're not going to give up a Glaber Torres. Uh, Darvish, obviously, would be they'd only have to give up money, no players there. So I, I think that in a lot of ways that would be preferable for the Yankees. But as I said, uh, there are financial constraints there, too, and everything we have heard from Hal Steinbrenner, from Brian Cashman, is that they're going to reset that luxury tax rate. Obviously, you've got that huge free agent crop coming next winter that they want to be ready for. So I think stay tuned. This has been a very slow-developing free agent market. It seems like uh, the off season has been more quiet than one I can remember in recent history, but I think it's got the potential for a very noisy middle to late of January, and then uh, before you know it, Everybody's heading down to Florida and Arizona for spring training. 
It pretty much has to be noisy at this point. There's no other options. Eventually, these players need to find homes, and these teams need to find the players. All right, let's get into uh, lineup rotation bullpen, uh, not including Garrett Cole or you Darvish or any other moves, but certainly including Giancarlo Stanton. Let's start there with this lineup. Uh, you have Brett Gardner leading things off, then Aaron Judge batting second, where he batted a lot in 2017. Then Stanton in the three-hole, Greg Bird cleanup, Gary Sanchez behind the plate batting fifth, Didi Gregorius sixth, and then Aaron Hicks seventh, Miguel Andujar at third base eighth, Ronald Torres at second base ninth. Obviously, there's there's other possibilities at some point in the season uh, to fill those roles, but we're talking about right now if the season was started. How does that lineup uh, stack up? Hey, if I'm Aaron Boone, I take my chances with that, and I think it will change somewhat before they're on the field for opening day. Uh, I'm not sold that Andujar's their opening day third baseman. I'm not sold that Torres will be the opening day second baseman, but that's what we're working with right now as far as trying to project this team. And I think you take your chances with that, especially that one through seven. That's very formidable. You know, I know Aaron Boone said that he would think about stacking all the righties, but I think that putting Greg Bird in there to break him up uh, in the heart of that lineup, they're obviously banking on him having a huge year. Uh, you saw it a little bit in the postseason last year. There's a reason that the Yankees haven't been mentioned as a player for a guy like an Eric Hosmer, and uh, they've held back on a, guys like Jay Bruce and stuff like that. I mean, they really believe that Greg Bird is the next in the line of the Don Mattingly, Mark Teixeira, Jason Giambi, first baseman with power um, in the Bronx. So I, I think that this is a big make-or-break year for Greg Bird, and he's going to be right there in the heart of it. Brian Cashman had some interesting thoughts speaking of the lineup. Um, and actually, I thought it was cool. It was on MLB Network Radio. Got into specific kind of matchups and mentioned that maybe against the Red Sox, if Chris Sale's on the mound from the left side, you'll actually see a situation where Stanton and Judge are in the corners. Brett Gardner maybe gets the day off, and then you have a the DH being Gary Sanchez. Different things like that. thought it was interesting that he you know, would, would share those thoughts at this point in the offseason. I, I did, too. I, I definitely took note of that. and It makes a lot of sense. I, I think that if you're going to sit Gardner against a tough lefty like Chris Sale, that's the perfect time to do it. And I think if you're going to put Stanton in, a, in left field, a position he hasn't really dealt with a whole lot, you know, it's no picnic to play left field at Fenway Park. Uh, you have to deal with the monster, but there is less ground to cover over there. So I, I think it's going to depend a lot on the ballpark and the pitching matchup and the situation, but I would expect in spring training you're going to see Judge and Stanton both play left field. You know, I, I've mentioned a couple times at the winter meetings, uh, Boone brought up the idea of playing Judge some in center field. You know, They drafted him as a center fielder out of Fresno State. He hasn't done it professionally, but I think he could still do it. He moves pretty well for a big guy. So I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching, and the Yankees are going to try to figure out what Judge is comfortable with, what Stanton's comfortable with, and where they can best fit. But uh, Gardner's going to be your everyday left fielder. I, I do think you're going to see Stanton and Judge out there at least a few times this year. All right, let's move on to the rotation. And as set up right now, Luis Severino, Masahiro Tanaka, Sonny Gray, CeCe Sabathia, and Jordan Montgomery. I mean, I know they're they're in on Darvish, they're in on Cole, but that's a pretty good rotation as it stands. That's the rotation that got them within one win of the World Series last year. So I think having those guys all coming back, uh, it makes a lot of sense for them. They were happy that Tanaka didn't opt out of his contract. They were happy that... CeCe Sabathia decided to come back at a reduced, a reduced rate. and uh, You know, you keep your fingers crossed that you're going to get solid performance out of both those guys. You know, they 
Uh, in Tanaka's case, he was a lot of up and down last year, but you saw some brilliance. Uh, Sabathia was really terrific. He was their stopper in a lot of situations, and um, he has really mastered the whole pitching with less velocity thing. And Severino comes back. He, he established himself as the ace. I, I think you bank on Sonny Gray is going to be more comfortable and uh, you know get some more run support in his first full year as a Yankee. I think that that's a lot to heap on somebody in the middle of the season, going to New York, going to the pennant race from Oakland, um, you know, new new place, relocating your family 3,000 miles across the country. There was a lot on Sonny Gray's plate last year, so I think that he's going to be more settled in and have a full year under his belt. And I, I think that Montgomery really showed you a lot of, a lot of poise. Um, this was a guy who pitched beyond his years last year. Um, really impressed me by going up against tough competition and not buckling he doesn't have, seem to have a whole lot of giving him so uh that's a guy that can definitely be at the back end of your rotation compete for that fifth spot and if they wind up bringing in a uh, a cole or a darvis somebody like that then that's a really good guy to have down at triple a too waiting in the wings and obviously on paper the bullpen looks great as well aroldis chapman assuming he can get back to being the aroldis chapman that he's been uh, in the past, then David Robertson, Dellen Batances, Chad Green, Tommy Canely, Chase, uh, Chase Shreve, and Adam Warren. Uh, there are question marks, though. I mentioned Chapman. Obviously, there was the struggles late in 2017 for him. Dellen Batances would like to forget 2017 happened. Um, so there's a chance this bullpen could be dominant, but there, it's, it's not guaranteed at this point. Yeah, especially the second part of the year for Batances. Because remember, he was an all-star. Uh, the first part of the year was actually pretty good for him. I think that Chapman fell out of the, the favor. He worked his way back in, but he was spending some time in middle relief. So for both those guys, it was fastball command. It was uh, not being able to throw the ball over the plate or not being able to put it where they wanted to, uh, depending on either one. Um, I think that there were a lot of things. That's the thing with relief pitching. It, it's such a fluctuating thing from year to year. Uh, you, you hope, if you're the Yankees, that Chad Green is going to replicate what he did last year because – he was phenomenal. You know, this is a guy who earned comparisons to Mariano Rivera in 1996. Uh, the wild card there is Dave Robertson. As we mentioned, you could move that contract if you're going to bring in somebody else, but he has such value for this team, too. I mean, he was willing to take the ball in any situation, whatever inning it was. Uh, basically just said he was coming back to New York and wanted to win another World Series ring, and, and that's so valuable for a manager. That's really the Andrew Miller mindset that you saw in Cleveland. Uh, Robertson did that last year with Joe Girardi, and I would expect he's going to do the same thing with Aaron Boone. Yeah, he got the big contract from the White Sox, so the money's not an issue. He's not looking for that, so he's in a perfect spot, similar to what Andrew Miller was with once he right. went over to the Indians. All right, I mentioned the Rookie Career Development Program. The Yankees sent uh, a number of players down there. The program every year takes place outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, over the course of a weekend, uh, they cover with these players through a lot of skits and uh, meetings and all sorts of stuff. Basically, everything a player would need to know about being in the major leagues that has nothing to do with actually playing the game of baseball. It's all the <laughs> other stuff. Social media, dealing with the regular media, answering those questions, dealing with the clubhouse and veteran players, all that stuff, they cover it. Players usually love it. Just as Sheffield was down there, uh, Jonathan Mayo got a chance to catch up and talk to him. Let's hear a little bit from what Justice Sheffield had to say. Justice, I know, you know the the regular season for you was a little frustrating because of the injury, but then you went out to the fall league and, and threw really well there. Putting everything into perspective as you look back on it, are you pleased with you know how things went, especially with how you capped things off in Arizona? Yeah, for sure. Um, very pleased with my season. Um, you know, saw a lot of positives 
Uh, seems like the Yankees saw a lot of positives this, this year out of me also. Um, definitely had a great time going out to the Fall League. That was big for me just to get back out there and, you know, get, get my innings back in um, or back under me and, um, you know, face those higher type guys and uh, actually get out there and compete because love to compete. So um, overall, I thought I had a great year um, other than the injury, um, which, 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 you know, that, that wasn't good, but, um, you know, overcame that. So looking forward to this, this year. As a guy who loves to compete so much, how, I mean, how much did you learn about yourself to force yourself to slow down and make all right. I gotta make sure my body's okay before I, I go back out and do and do my thing. Yeah, it's tough because you know um, I'm usually on go go go, and um, sometimes it's kind of hard to you know take your foot off the gas pedal and you know know when to take your breaks and things like that. But um, you know I think that's just learning going through it. Um, you know it, it's weird because I think the injury happened for a reason. I think it was a learning experience, learning curve, um, since I've never been injured in my career. Um, so it was definitely new to me um, to get over not being able to be out there on the field and, um, you know, uh, overcome it and um, get back out there with my teammates. So Arizona, you know, you're going just to get work in. We, and I know you're a confident guy, but were you a little pleasantly surprised at how well you were able to compete given the time off and given the level of offensive competition there? I think I was just kind of hungry to get back on the field, um, you know, missing those two months, um, which I thought I was going to be able to come back uh, before um, playoffs even started. I thought I was going to, you know, get a few inning, uh, outings in before playoffs, but ended up not working out that way. So um, I think going to the fall league, just being hungry and um, getting to go out on the on the field and compete again against, like I said, those those top guys. Um, you know, they, it, it's time to play ball. So, looking ahead quickly, um, you know, that's often thought of as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. You're in, you were in Double A, so you're probably starting to sniff New York a little bit. <laughs> How? As a guy who you know you're, that you, you're kind of go go go, do you sort of keep yourself contained while trying to sort of force the Yankees' hand to to keep moving you up towards New York? Yeah, well, the way I look at it is just I just got to go out there and do my thing, um, let the front office and things like that handle um, where they're going to put me or where I'll end up and things like that. But only thing I can do is just go out there and um, you know do what I do best, and that's uh, get outs and um, you know help my team uh, give my chance, give my team a chance to win. Okay, a couple of sort of fun questions for you. First one is, uh, who, who would you say your celebrity lookalike is? Celebrity lookalike? Um, I don't know if you guys have ever saw Empire. Um, I've gotten uh, Lucius Lyon a lot, especially with my uh, purple suede jacket I was wearing last night. I got that a lot. <laughs> no, I could see that. I could, uh, I could definitely see that. Um, what's the craziest experience in baseball that you've had? Um, fun, silly, you know, wacky. Craziest experience. Uh, Craziest experience was probably going to Taichung, Taiwan. Totally out of my custom. Um, you know, I was waking up eating rice and in the morning, things like that. So it was just, it was, it was a pretty crazy experience. And uh, your favorite major league baseball memory from maybe from when you were a kid? Um, probably winning the gold, uh, the gold medal out in uh, Taiwan. So Sheffield talked a lot about a 2017 that was really a bit of a roller coaster ride. Brian, uh, he. Battled through an injury at one point, but then finished things off very strongly in the Arizona Fall League. And it seems like he's getting to the point where he's starting to knock on that door in the Bronx. Yeah, this is a guy that you've heard his name mentioned a lot. He obviously came to the Yankees in the Miller trade with Cleveland back in July of 2016. And he has done nothing to diminish his stock. Uh, the first time dealing with an injury, he had an oblique strain that cost him a couple months there at the end. But uh, he, he actually looked at that as positive. So I think that... 
it's going to what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And the fact that he was able to go to the AFL and, and pitch well in those five starts against advanced competition, I think that bodes really well. So this is one of the names you're going to continue to hear about, along with Chance Adams and Albert Abreu and some other guys who are further down the line at Domingo Acevedo. Uh, the Yankees have a lot coming. You know, you, you got to see a little bit of it at the big league level last year. But there is more coming, so it's not just Judge and Sanchez and Severino. There's, there's a bright future here in the Bronx, and I think Justice Sheffield is going to be part of it as long as the Yankees hang on to him. And uh, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like they really do believe in him uh, being part of the future there. And I, I think it's, a, uh, it's certainly a young left-handed starter is, is not a bad thing to have, and I, I think you could see him in the Yankee rotation, if not this year, probably next year. His name is certainly one of the names that comes up quickly, I think, when trade discussions start with the Yankees. It, it probably goes from Gleyber Torres and the Yankees laugh and then quickly gets down to, uh, to Justice Sheffield. Um, and at this point, they've laughed off that as well. So we will see if he can make it up to the big leagues here in 2018. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Yankees edition. For Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.